and welcome to the I'm Not A Barista podcast, where you can get inspired by real life stories from the people behind the cup. Join us as we talk about everything to do with coffee, from having a career in this industry to brewing tips and how you can support this global community. Humanity runs on coffee and together we can empower the people behind the cup. Hello everyone, this is your host Miki Wong. Today we have a very special guest. His name is Peter. He quit his job during the pandemic and set up a coffee shop on his bike. Peter simply wants to bring the coffee community together, bring the coffee shop vibe to the people's store depths in a social distance. He cycled around the blue cargo bike providing specialty coffee, homemade cookies, and meaningful conversations. In between the lockdowns, Peter has been organizing social distance outdoor community meetups. Peter is a great listener and he's not just a barista, but also a coffee therapist. Hello, Peter. Welcome to our podcast. Cheers, man. Cheers. Let's go back to the very beginning. How did you start your coffee journey? Yeah, that's a, that's a conversation for, as I say, usually a bottle of wine rather than a cup of coffee, right? Uh, because uh, I moved away from home when I was 18 and uh, I, I'm from Poland originally, but I, I lived in Ireland. I moved there when I was 18 and and uh, uh, one of the first jobs I ever had was in the coffee shop. So, and I had uh, an allowance of, uh, you know, one coffee and one muffin per day. So I went full on with mocha, marshmallows, cream, and yeah, give me all the sugar. I feel sick and, uh, 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 and I think I'm slightly addicted to sugar now as well because of those choices. Um, uh, and then, um, uh, I, I had two part-time jobs and, and then I, I had an opportunity to, to move to one full-time in the restaurant. And, and I went for that, even though my mother said not to do that, um, because we all like to be in this comfortable spot, you know, but you have two jobs stick there, you know, but I would never move on. I would never learn something. So I went to, to the uncomfortable. I went to the unknown and I went to the restaurant and, uh, uh and I was a waiter and then I met my partner. She wanted to study nursing in. Uh, and coffee was always around somewhere in the background, you know, always, always kind of interested. And then I uh, met my partner, Naomi, uh, in Ireland. We moved to London um, uh, because she wanted to, st- to study nursing and I want, wanted to work for Jamie Oliver. So um, so I found Jamie's Italian in London. I was like, yeah, let's move over there. I walked into the restaurant, uh, I think, second day after moving into London. We had we had lunch and uh, I asked for a job. I got a job and I worked for Jamie for, for four years because uh, London is full of of great coffee you know i was like after work i would just or in my day off i would just go into town and in, into the first zone and start exploring all those super cool coffee shops and um this is kind of how i discovered that oh so this is flat white and it doesn't need sugar because i went to workshop coffee off oxford street um in in london it was just so cool and those guys with the aprons i mean i was so impressed and i felt like what are we doing james is crap you know like the way we like <laughs> present ourselves sometimes and how the quality is sometimes maybe slipping and 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 uh, it was it was a tremendous and fantastic opportunity and uh, meeting you know Jamie himself and and the whole you know uh, ethos behind it and hard work and passion and everything I've learned so much and I'm so grateful for that time um, but but you know you have the certain vision when you look at the, at the business from the in from the outside and then you when you come in to the inside and you see, you know, how things could be done better because they can always be done better. Of That's course. different. So then, you know, uh, the things which I thought were broken in the restaurant, then I coming in and in the coffee shop, I see 
see that's all fixed. I'm like, wow, this is this is amazing. And and then I started you know reading more into it, and I started doing more um, espresso classes, latte art classes on my own time. And I was so impressed with like, what the leaf is coming out of this? What how is that happening? And I couldn't grasp the idea. And, and all this was so exciting um, that I just went down the rabbit hole. And then my son happened, uh, Logan, and we moved to Cardiff. Then I got uh, a job uh, in, in Panaris, where we are now, in the coffee shop. And I saw this lovely community. Uh, and I just then I realized that coffee is people. And if we, and if we don't focus on that, uh, then, then we're missing a big, big point over here. And, and, and the rest is history, I guess. We often hear that coffee could mean a lot of things to different people. What does coffee mean to you? Yeah, well, that, that definitely links into that coffee's people, you know, because it all started with, I started my Instagram account as a photographer being like, hey, I just really love the latte art, you know, and I really want to capture all of it. So I would always do a flat lay photos of pretty latte art. And if, and if you as a barista didn't give me a swan, I was like, no, nah, man, that's not a good coffee shop. You know? <laughs> that was me four years ago. I was pretentious. You know, I'm not going to use a, um, a, a bad language, but I was, I was just so stuck in my own ego and my own ways of, yeah, this, this espresso is that thing and this thing and talking about stuff I had no idea about, you know, but that's, that's one of those things, um, I think specialty coffee sometimes brings from people, you know, that we're so intimidated by all this knowledge and someone from the outside coming in, looking at all the boards and all the process and all the, you know, fancy, uh, names most people don't understand. Then you kind of scratch your head and, and, and feel like, well, maybe I should know that. And if I don't, then, then there's something wrong with me. So, so, so I reacted into that saying, well, no, I, I do know. And let me, yeah, well, washed. Yeah. I have the honey coffee, you know, and, uh, it's going to taste like cherries and chocolate, you know? So, but until this day, I've got a lot of friends, uh, coffee friends in Cardiff and, and they, they say that until this day, sometimes we'll get, sometimes someone will walk into the coffee shop and ask for a cherry coffee. Because they, they, they wrote, they, the only words they could understand was one of the tasting notes, which is cherry chocolate, whatever, you know? And, and, and I'm like, okay, so, so we're doing it wrong. If someone walks into the coffee shop and asks for a cherry coffee and the baristas are like scratching their heads, like, what? You know? And even if it's like only one person a day, we lost that one person. And you don't measure business or, you know, your life by the, by the things which, which went well. You measure your life and business by the things which went wrong. And that's how you can learn. If you listen to the criticism, if you listen to the high street, if you listen to the people around you, and first of all, if you listen to yourself, and if you are true to yourself and what you believe in, and, and, and you go in with your gut, then, you know, as long as you don't hurt others, you don't hurt yourself and you don't hurt the planet, um, definitely go towards that. Yeah. That's a, that's a very, yeah. very good point. I guess nowadays it's so hard for people to stop and to listen to what we really want. And, uh, we like to talk more, I guess. And there's like people have a short, you know, like, uh, attention for everything, social media, everything you, when we sit down there and start listening and the world will be a very different. Thank you for that. Um, how did you get the idea of starting this coffee on bike? So the, the biggest realization was that coffee is people. So when I was, uh, when I worked in, in, in the shop here in Penarth and they decided to close it in March, um, I felt, you know, 
I understand the decision. We have a social responsibility not to encourage, encourage gatherings. But in the same time, we were only takeaways anyway. It was just a, to- a coffee window next to the train station. I was the only man working in there. So closing it and, and people would come in there, uh, you know, for the conversation. And sometimes I would, I would, someone would be on the third flat white just because they're talking to me for two hours, you know? So I felt like this, this is really important for someone's mental health, mental health. And if you can imagine that you have this routine coming into one place for, for five days a week and you stay there for an hour and you talk that, 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 that's almost like counseling session, you know? Yeah. And, and sometimes I would just be there to listen. And that was, that was very important. And all of those, all of those things I started thinking about, okay, those two and a half years I was there, you know, and now we're closing the shop and we don't fully understand the situation we're in yet. And this is all very unpredictable, but my gut feeling told me that I have to be closer to the community. I have to be closer to the people because if coffee is people and I'm on furlough now, well, furlough is not a bottomless pit, you know, money needs to end some, somewhat, you know, it's, it's, this bubble will burst at some point. So, so I decided to, to quit and say no to furlough and start the, 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 the bike idea. And, and it was, it was, I don't know how this, this happened. I just knew that it has to be a bike because I, I need to deliver to people's homes. So if you can't come to the coffee shop, the coffee shop will come to you. And this is how I started doing the research. Okay. How am I going to do this? How am I going to come to, you know, at least 40 households a day so I can make it worthwhile to sell at least 40 cups of coffee so I can pay for my own bills. And, um, and this is how I started questioning whether I should put espresso on it because espresso machine is heavy. It's, it's quite expensive to maintain and run. And uh, I would need a lot of car batteries to, to, to operate that uh, plus some kind of gas and maybe solar panels in one just to keep it going because I wanted to do linea mini, of course. And, uh, I wanted to do, I wanted to put, you know, VA grinder on it and, wow. and, and it's going to be very heavy. Uh, yeah. First of all, heavy. Second of all, not even just the equipment, but also like just to have enough water for the brews, you know? And then, and then people ask me all the time, why don't you have espresso on it? I see those guys, you know, in Cardiff, you know, having the espresso machines on it. I'm like, and I don't want to go into too many details because I just don't have time. We can be talking about the reasons why not forever. Um, and then obviously in, in America, the first choice is always filter coffee. In the UK, the first choice is always um, espresso-based drinks. So flat white, latte cappuccino. And then 90% of people in the industry, I asked, you know, what do you think? They go like, mate, don't do it. It's gonna fall. It's gonna fail. Nobody's gonna buy it, man. It's filter. It's it's people it's have a this association. Sell. Yeah, it's a hard sell. People associate filter coffee in the UK with this disgusting thing sitting in the office for five hours, and there's just nothing else. So, so you just have that. So then, obviously, you need sugar with that. Now, I don't yeah. have sugar. I don't have any syrups. I don't have anything. It's literally just a filter coffee flask, brewed, you know, fresh daily, obviously, and uh, you know, I don't. I don't have that sitting in the flask for longer than four hours. So the oxidation is not happening, you know, and then it's still great and it's a good temperature. So it's not piping hot either. You're not going to burn your mouth, but some people like the extra hot drinks, right? So I'm like, <laughs> sorry, it's just not going to be for you. I'm really sorry. I don't have dairy milk. I only sell Oatly. I don't even sell Oatly. I stock Oatly, but I don't put extra charge on the customer. I have it as an option. You can add it if you want. You can have as much as you want. And the cup of coffee costs 260. There's no service charge. There's no delivery charge. There's nothing. It's just pure filter coffee, 260 per cup. It's eight ounce cup. I don't have any other sizes and I bake cookies from home and that's it. 
and it's a fixed price and I don't need to add, oh, do you like some milk? Oh, that's 20p more. You, I don't do it because I don't have any other options. So I don't want to stigmatize someone for wanting milk and it just happens to be oatly. So unfortunately, no. So I designed the business in a way that it's cheap, it's, it's cheap to run. So, um, and that's why no espresso machine because that would cost more. Um, so, uh, so, so, and that's why it works, you know, in terms of numbers, because filter coffee is, if, if it's batch brew, cost you maybe what, 20p per cup then, you know, my packaging is probably more expensive than the actual cup of coffee I sell. Um, and obviously incorporating wastage and, you know, this is, we're talking just, you know, pure general profit from, from the actual cup of coffee when you just count the beans, um, how much they cost me, which is 84, 86 point coffee for the price of 82, because the guy I get coffee from, uh, Round Hill Roastery, big shout out to Round Hill Roastery in the, in the UK, Eddie, they, the guys helped me so much at the beginning and they're still, you know, there. And, you know, Eddie believes that he doesn't want to charge, you know, crazy prices of the consumer. He would rather take a little bit of a hit to provide you with a better coffee, um, but at the better price. You know, so something I really stand for as well. So I decided to go with Eddie and that was the best decision I ever made. Yeah. Life is about relationships. And if we are just there focusing on the line of code of zero one, zero one, zero one, zero one, and we're just about the numbers, we, we wasting a, a tremendous opportunity and the ocean of opportunities right behind that line of zero one code. And, and the ocean is, is vast and is deep and, and there's everything what you ever need is there. But we are just keep focusing on the line of code and we don't see past that because now I use only Round Hill because, and they get a lot of, you know, uh, traffic from me uh, uh, in terms of sales um, because I believe in what they do and I want to support that. And we created that relationship, you know, and Eddie's a wonderful guy. They just opened a pop-up in London uh, and is doing well as well. So uh, worth, if you are in London, go and have a look. So coming back to your main question, coffee is people. People is, is you know, we, we need to understand that it's all about those relationships we create. And, and I believe that the community spirit and the way we can come together, we can solve the word problems just by staying together in a meaningful way. And the meaningful is a key word over here. And coffee is a social glue. So of course I'm going to go towards that. Well, I don't know what to say. It's in, I don't have any other questions to ask. You, 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 you explain everything already. <laughs> I talk a lot. When people ask me what I do, I said, I talk a lot. And then I sell coffee and cookies. So would you like some? You know? Well, talking about cookies, uh, you're not only selling coffee there on your bike. Also cookies. Why cookies? I don't know. I just, oh, I, I, I think cookies are going to be a good thing. It's just going to work very well. And they are probably easy to make. My father is a baker, but I had I don't no idea. I have no idea about baking at all. So like he's a massive inspiration of mine because he is a baker for 35 years, but he's allergic to flour. So so he's an inspiration how not to live your life. And I don't want to wake up when I'm 45 realizing that I hate doing what I do. Right. So so that's why I that was another kind of realization that I've got to take a leap of faith because what I am right now I don't particularly enjoy. Um, and yes, I love the industry, but not the place I am right now. I love everything around that place, but not the place itself. So how can I move myself outside of that, you know, and, but anyway, cookies. So I just felt like it's going to work and, uh, and they're probably easy to make. And then 
And that is kind of connected to the question of why you do it. You know, the most companies know what they do. They know how they do it, but they've got no idea why. And that is Simon Sinek here for you in the book, Start uh, With Why. Changed everything. And you go on YouTube and you research that, you know, the TED talk he, he gave 10 years ago, it's, you know, it was a massive, massive hit. And, um, and look, you know, there's plenty of reasons why, you know, it's relatable and it's real. And, and it's, this is, this is the life, you know, if you don't know why you do what you do, don't go for it because it's probably fake and it's probably not good for you, but it's convenient, but it's easy. So we go towards those things. We, 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 we tend to lean towards shortcuts instead of actually working hard towards something. That's why, you know, you've got to look inside and, and look what you actually care about, find your identity, find your voice and follow that voice. Otherwise you're always going to be disconnected with your surroundings, yourself, your family, your kids, your parents, uh, uh, the natural world as well. We're so disconnected from the food we consume another topic for another day. Um, but you got to start with why, right? So, so I, so I, I read that book and I posted about this on my Instagram and for some reason, this bakery, some bakery in England, they reached out saying, Hey, we read the same book and I've got the next one. And it's amazing. What did you think? And we connected and okay, that's what social media, that, that's what social media is about, you know, connecting us in a meaningful way. Um, uh, and then we started a conversation and we, we were co- going back and forth for like a year. And then when they followed me and I started thinking about this bike, I was like, Hey, hold on a second. I remember that bakery and we were chatting and they're, I think they're Portuguese as well. And they do some amazing stuff. Maybe I can talk to them about my ideas and see what they think. And and I reached out and I spoke to the to the lady. We had a phone call as well, you know, and, and then I said to her, Oh, you know, I'm thinking to bake cookies as well, you know, but I've got no idea about baking. So I'm just wondering, maybe you can point me in the right direction. Maybe some resource system books or something, you know. And then later she just she just literally took a photo of, of their recipe of their cookies and she sent it to me. So I based my recipe of that. And without their help. And without the book and the meaning of, you know, why we're here and the purpose, the cookies wouldn't happen. Yeah. I I read the book as well years ago, and then I'm a big fan of his uh, YouTube channel as well. I think getting the right answer for your question, why you do certain things can help you figure out how and what, right? If you could ask three why and you can answer all of them, I think a lot of things will be just so easy, clear. And uh, when you quit your job and start the Stoke Coffee, you needed money. That's why you started to go farming. Yeah, you had some savings. Had, but but it was I, the, the whole thing. Well, you see, I bought a I bought an EK uh, forty uh, what forty three. Forty three. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I always say forty seven, but it's uh, EK forty three. I bought it. I bought it um, uh, two years before I was thinking uh, about the bike. So. Mm-hmm. So that was the biggest expense because that is, you know, very retail, expensive. But yeah. So, so I had it and already, and then the rest was the bike itself, much brewer, a freezer, because in the summer I thought I'm going to do like flash chilled cold brew or something. Um, and, and I had a table already, uh, an old Ikea table and, and, and that's it. And like bits and bobs around like a, you know, flasks and, and, cool box inside the you know, some bags and you know plastic boxes for the cookies you know those little things so so overall i think i spent maybe like six thousand pounds to set it up it's very cheap you know when you when you think about it uh because now i know something about bikes and the new bike you know i needed around you know five and a half k 
with that VAT just to start thinking about the basic bike, yeah. you know, quality stuff. The, the bike needs to be able to, it's, it's not one of those when they just, it's, an, it's a trade show and you just stay in one place and sell something, you know, I need to be more by energy move all the time. And I'm a, I'm a big guy. I'm over 100 kg. So, you know, it needs to be steady. And then you have a load on the front as well. So, you know, it has to. So, so the one I have now obviously is not designed to be doing what I do with it. But that's the thing. You've got to start somewhere, you know. So I keep saying that story. Whenever we go towards that, I always say that life is like Lego, you know. And what do you, what do you mean? Well, it's not about the building blocks you want. It's about the one you have. Start building with what you have and then move on to something you want because whatever you build with the blocks you have will get you to where you want to be. So I maybe wanted disc brakes and, you know, electric assist, but I couldn't afford it. So, so you know, I asked Dave, listen, this is how much money I have. Can you build something with it? You know, and Dave said, mm, I never build, build cargo bikes, but I wanted to try. So let's give it a go. And he did and I appreciate his time, but it's not... You know, it's, it's not supposed to be doing what I do with it and that's okay. But I started and then the community help came with help and we crowdfunded over 7k in 12 days for the new bike. And, and it's, and, and it's going to happen in probably a month or so. And, and, and it's going to be so inspiring because it's not even about the bike itself. You know, it's about the, the branding around this and I'm working with the graphic designer to bring this all together. That's a, that's very impressive that you have all the money one seven k pounds within twelve days. How how did it happen? You you prepared the page, landing page yourself, and uh, the video is very engaging. When I see you in the video, I'm just wow. This is this is a project everybody who loves coffee must support. So tell us more. How did you prepare the whole goat family? It was it was done in a very scruffy way because I knew the bike is going to break sooner or later. So I already worked on it in in August six months ago. I was like, you know, it broke after two weeks. Actually, the frame completely snapped. Um, so the two guy weeks. came back. Yeah, two weeks. Yeah, too so, fast. Yeah, too fast. So so the guy came in and um, and it's only because the bike was broke. Uh, the bike, the, the actual frame was cut almost in the half to to weld it closer into the actual uh, frame where the box sits on because otherwise the pedals will, would hit the ground all the time and because of that the the weld wasn't strong enough and it just melted the metal and 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 because I'm a big guy when I was going to turn I put the weight on one side and then the the frame just like you know snapped so I I I called Dave back and was like mate can you help here? You know, and he came in literally next day, uh, brought it back to the garage and welded as, as, as well as he could, but I knew it's going to happen again. So I was thinking about a crowdfund already then six months ago, and I wanted to originally do a Kickstarter. So I was preparing, you know, some, some goodies you will receive after supporting me. And then the bike broke. So again, I was like, well, okay, game over, you know, like I had this moment where, I, I, I lost uh, complete faith in, in what I'm doing. I was like, well, I, that's it. I can't, I can't, I can't move anymore. I can't deliver anything anymore because that's broken. But then I had this 15 minutes, you know, in the garage, I sat on, in front of it and I just thought about everything, what I do. And I came back to the why. Okay. Why, why do I do this? Well, I do it because I want to create relationships, strengthen the communities and make this world a better place. Coffee and a cookie is just a way to get there. 
So if you can't cycle, you will push it. So I pushed it. And this is where the keep pushing came from, which is a sticker and the poster. And we, I, I, I gave it away to local businesses and it doesn't have any stole coffee on it. You know, it's just pure positivity that you need to be positive and, and you need to keep pushing no matter what happens, you know, but if I didn't that day, if I didn't, um, uh, go out and actually do the deliveries, if I didn't go to the park this day and meet Colette, which I'm eternally grateful for Colette, she's 72 and we have a lot of meaningful conversations and me being in the park is, is one of the situations she lives by herself and she's elderly. So, so without, without meetings in the park, she wouldn't really talk to many people, you know, and, and, and that's sad. So that's another reason why I do it. I need to go out. I need to go and see Colette. I need, I need to speak to her because otherwise she, she, she may not see a, a, a human. Do you know what I mean? So, so I did. And then she said, well, you know what? I know Clive on Salop street. Maybe he can help, you know, because they got a garage and they fix cars all the time. I was like, well, worth trying, you know? And I found the welder before that. And he told me hundred pounds to, to weld the frame. And I was like, I have no, I, I have no money, man, to give you hundred pounds. Maybe I can scrap something somewhere, but not hundred quid right now. So, so so, so I pushed it, you know, and I met Colette. She, she said, go to Clive. And I went to Clive and he was like, yep, yeah, come back in two hours. I was like, okay. Came back in two hours and then uh, and showed, him, showed him what's wrong and he, he welded for me. And then he didn't even ask for money. He was like, you came, ask for help. You appreciate it. And I know what you're doing. So you keep going with, with what you're doing because it's inspiring wow. and we need that in the community. And he did it with, he didn't even blink, you know, just come back after two hours. You know, he didn't even know who is sending me that his friend is sending me. He just believes his believes in what I do or what I want to do, you know? And that, that was so cool, you know, and it was so, so meaningful. So, so this is what happens when you, when you have a purpose, when you have reasons behind y- your existence and your business, you know, and when you find a way to touch people in this deeper level, they respond and they respond very well. So I didn't do much in it when it comes to the GoFundMe page. Everybody I've I, I spoken to for the last seven months and just happens that the conversations we had somehow touched them and I'm there to listen and I'm there to have those meaningful conversations with people. That that This is the, the crowdfunding page, the seven months of work, pushing up the hill in wind and rain to deliver and to have those meaningful conversations with people. It's not even about the product anymore. It's about why you do it. And then people mm-hmm. respond to this, you know? And then the video was just, you know, I have a friend videographer and I said to him, listen, you know, we need to put something like this together. It's got to be inspiring. So even if you, times are hard, so even if you don't have the money, at least watch the video. Maybe it will inspire you to do something meaningful, right? That That's all I asked for. And that's what it is. And and the result is 7,000 pounds in 12 days. It's very impressive. I uh, just remember you talk about being real earlier and all those seven months make you a real person in a community. People know you more than just coffee and cookies. You brought so much to people. Among all those people you met during this month, is, um, is any particular conversation standing out most? This guy came in. So I started in between lockdowns. So I started doing um, uh, meetups in the park. They called Together is Better. And that was the times where... Uh, you know, we could gather up to 30 people outdoors, socially distanced. So, so I would be in the park every Sunday, nine to 12, three hours I'm there. And, and I keep saying to people, do not buy anything. Don't buy anything. Just come for the conversation. I'm here to listen and we're just here to have a, to have a good time. That's all it is. Yeah. 
this guy came in and um, he well, he's a little bit uh, limping and you know standing with a um, with like a crutches, you know, and and he said, you know, it's great that you're doing this because uh, other otherwise I wouldn't talk to anybody today. I wouldn't see anybody. It's one of the opportunity. It's one of those opportunities, rare opportunities nowadays that I can actually speak to a human being. And that's a story I, I say to everybody all the time, you know, so, so they understand that it's, it's, I, I don't really do much here. I'm just a link between people. And it just happens that coffee, you know, is in the middle of all that and without coffee. And that's why I appreciate the industry so much as well, because without coffee, we wouldn't really get together. Every day we, we hear a lot of news from social media, TV, YouTube. Most of them are bad. I, I just wondering, maybe we should share more story like you, you know, that these real human connection in difficult times stronger together, like like what you're doing Sunday, bring people together and give them a chance to talk to to other people. That's that's precious. Thank you for for doing this. Hey, well, cheers, man. I have a, a bunch of stickers on on my bike, and there's a row of stickers which are designed by my designer, a uh, long time before we met. And and whenever I meet someone for the first time, and they kind of ask, you know, why and what am I doing, whatever, you know, I kind of say that story. And this each sticker has got a message behind it, and the sticker goes from the top is stay positive. Um, take it easy, anxiety, and life is a gift. And they just go one, two, three, four, right? And and I just pointed the sticker and I said, and I, said I said this, you know, you have to stay positive and keep it easy because when anxiety happens with the right mindset, when I point at the stay positive sticker, you can move the mountains, you can do whatever you want, yeah? Um, and as long as you don't hurt yourself, others, or a planet, you go towards that feeling because that's, that's good. Um, and the life is a gift, you know, it's only one, it's very precious. So you make yes. sure that you appreciate every single moment of it, you know? And, um, and I think that's, that's just so powerful and so, and so meaningful. And, and then those stories, when, when you open up like this and, and you say what you believe in, then people starting to kind of naturally trust you. So you don't need sugar anymore. So you don't need, you know, lattes and cappuccinos because they just buy whatever you have because they, they, because it touches them emotionally. And that's not why I say it. Why I say it is because I believe in it. But the, but the kind of side effect of that is that most people don't ask me for that sugar, you know, and, and they ask me, okay, so what do you actually sell? You know? And I say, well, coffee and cookies and that's what it is. And simple things done right, you know? So so, so would you like to try? And, and, and that's it. And, and they go, why? I didn't know coffee can taste that way. And I was like, I know, <laughs> I know. <laughs> so, so I, I actually don't need any milk with it. It's, I know, <laughs> but it's all about opening your mind. And when it's just so closed minded and, and, and it's, and it's not our fault as well. It's just the system and the pressures of the society and work and kids. And, you know, like, why am I going to eat today? Am I cooking something? What's going on? I'm going to stay home, homeschooling. What, you know, it's just so much going on. It's not people's fault that, you know, they come into the coffee shops and they ask for extra hot skinny flat whites, you know, or lattice. It's, it's the staple of it. You know, it's not their fault. It's, it's this, this, this certain, I don't know, system and the pressures that we longing towards something we know and we're longing towards something we've tried before because that's a safe bet. So, you know, if you spend your hard earned three pounds or whatever that may be somewhere else, you know what you're getting. That's why mainstream industry is thriving because at least they know what they're getting, you know? So when I, when I have filter coffee and the cookies, they go like, 
what is that about? But when I tell them all those stories, they're like, man, whatever, just whatever you sell, I take it, you know? And, and, and that's what we're missing in the hospitality industry. We have tremendous opportunity now to make this world a better place in, in a meaningful way. And everybody needs to find out how to do that. And if you know why you do it, then it's going to be probably easy. Well, I mean, it's going to be hard because you, you're going to be going against the current. Yes. But, but that's, that's just life, isn't it? Um, thanks for sharing so much. I think this conversation is super deep, deeper than I yeah. expected. Uh, I have to say I, I learned a lot asking the right questions why and then be real yeah that's important and find a place to uh, fix the problem you think it should be fixed and do whatever you can keep trying yeah yeah everybody everybody if you sit down and you really think about you know what's around you there's so many problems need to be fixed and every good business is fixing some kind of problem you know and copying and pasting. I love working behind the coffee machine, you know? I, I, I love the whole aspect of a coffee shop and, and aprons and glasses. All the, I love it. Fine. Cool. But, you know, what You love being a barista. Do? Yeah, exactly. But I'm not a barista. Right now. <laughs> Wait, do you consider yourself a barista right now? Well, uh, I don't know. Uh, I, I think more actually psychologists than, than a barista, which is really funny. Where can we Where find you? If you want to have a deep yeah. conversation with you. Yeah, well, Instagram is the place probably. If you if you want to read about uh, more about what I do, uh, Stoll Coffee Co. UK, so S-D-O-L, S-D-O-L coffee.co.uk. So where can people meet you in real life? Well, I am uh, based in Penarth, Wales, uh, which is United Kingdom. And... Um, Penarth, Wales, and I'm just, I cycle around Penarth, you know, and I'm usually in the park. Before we finish the conversation today, Peter, is there anything else you want to share with us? Yeah, follow your passion, man. Follow your dream. And as long as you don't hurt yourself, others, or the planet in the process of doing so, take a leap of faith and just do it. I take it. Yeah, you take that. Yeah, I so take now I'm going to go back to kids. Yeah. Thank you <laughs> for today. Hey, thanks, man. I see you soon. Talking to Peter makes me realize that when we talk about coffee, it is always fascinating to talk about the boring tools, what coffee beans are drinking. Let's also pay more attention to the people behind the cups. Coffee is not just a drink. Coffee means people. Just like Peter said, it's the glue that brings people together. Thank you so much for tuning in to the I'm Not A Barista podcast where people get inspired and connected through coffee stories. If you want to join our community, then please subscribe for future episodes and follow us on our Instagram to get connected. Until next time, keep smiling and most importantly, keep drinking coffee.